Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We've been doing a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Matthew, and lately, here of late, in the last couple of months, we've been talking about the king's power, King Jesus, his power. And so far, we've seen the king's power over disease. We've seen the king's power over sickness. We've seen the king's power over nature, as he said to the storm, be still, and it was still. And we've seen his king, the king's power over disease. And last week, if you were with us, we saw the king's power to forgive sin. This morning, we see the king's power to give or to offer new life. We'll see the king's power to offer new love and joy. And this morning, we're going to talk about the king's power to offer the new wine of the Holy Spirit. We serve an awesome and powerful God. Amen, saints? A God who can give us new life. A God who can give us new love and new joy. And a God who can give us the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Oh, just between services today, a sister came up to me and she said, thank you so much for that that message last service, she came up and she said, because I, I, it reminds me, I need that new life. I need new love. I need new joy and the wine of the Holy Spirit. And I said, you need it and I need it and we all need it. We all need it. None righteous, not one. If you think you've arrived spiritually, you're wrong. You haven't. We all need it every day. The Bible says, be ye being filled by the Holy Spirit every day. Get up and say, God, fill me today. God, use me today. God, bless me today. God, give me what I need this day. Oh, we need new life. We need new love and joy. And we need the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Amen, saints? In Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 9, as we continue in chapter 9, beginning in verse 9, if you're there, say a hearty amen. Amen. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me, underline that. And so he arose and followed him. And now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, the religious folks, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. 
but go and learn what this means. And then Jesus quotes scripture. He's quoting Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. And it says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come, Jesus says, to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Well, then in verse 14, the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine in old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine in new wineskins, and both are preserved. Stop right there, give me your attention. If you were with us last week, you know that Jesus was sitting in a home Bible study. Many believe that he was sitting in Peter's home. And he's there teaching a Bible study. And there were four men who had a friend who was a paralytic. He couldn't walk. He was paralyzed. And they heard about Jesus doing a home Bible study nearby. And so they put their friend on a cot. And they walked him to where Jesus was. Well, Jesus was popular, as you well know. And his fame was spreading abroad. So many, many people had come to the Bible study. The Bible says that the house was packed. It was full, lots of people there. And when these four men showed up with their friend on the cot, they saw that the house was full and they couldn't even get him in the door. And so one of them came up with a bright idea. They said, hey, let's go up on the roof. And so the four men went up on the roof and they began to tear the roof up. And they took their friend and they lowered him down so that Jesus could touch him and Jesus could heal him. And so Jesus looks up and he sees this paralyzed man on a cot being lowered by four men. And not only did he look up, but we talked about this. He looked down and he saw the paralytic. And the Bible says he said to him, your sins are forgiven. And then Jesus not only looked up and looked down, but he also looked around and he saw the hard, critical, unbelieving hearts of the scribes and the Pharisees as they accused Jesus of blasphemy. And they said, you make yourself to be God because he forgave sins. Well, it was at that time that Jesus left the area of Capernaum. And now we have another scene in a home. And this time is not a Bible study. Jesus is at a party. I like that. Jesus parties hardy. You'll see it. It's in the Bible. And he's at a party and he's in the home of Matthew. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Matthew. Got a pen? Matthew, his name means gift of Jehovah or gift of God, gift of Jehovah. In Luke chapter 5 and Luke chapter 2, it tells us that Matthew's name was also Levi. Matthew was a tax collector and a very hated and despised man. Matthew, uh, the tax collectors and publicans are the same. And the people hated tax collectors. The people hated publicans. 
It's almost like Matthew was like an IRS agent of today. Oh, you know, around this time of year, nobody likes the IRS. I've never seen a bumper sticker on the car. I was thinking about this. I've never seen a bumper sticker on the car that says, I love the IRS. Have you have one on your car? No one does. Because people don't like IRS agents. And in that day, people did not like tax collectors. Why? Because tax collectors worked for the Roman government. And they were assigned certain districts. And Rome told them how much money to collect from certain districts. And so what would happen is these tax collectors, although Rome said this is what money we need from certain districts, they did not tell the tax collector how much money to collect. And so the tax collectors, they would set these really high taxes. They paid Rome what was due them and they pocketed the rest. So they were crooks and they were very, very wealthy and they gouged and they ripped off the people. And so the people hated tax collectors. They were so hated when they walked down the street, people would throw rotten fruit at them and hiss at them and boo them. Man, you didn't want to be a tax collector in those days. Can you imagine? You're in the Harris Teeter. And people boo, boo. You're like, oh, whoa, man, I'm just doing a job here. But they hated tax collectors. They would spit at them and and curse at them. If you were a tax collector in that day, you could not go to church. You were never welcomed in a synagogue. If you were a tax collector and you witnessed the murder, your witness and your testimony was not admissible in the court. They hated tax collectors. It was very common for a tax collector to have a bodyguard. Because people would want to kill them and beat them up many times. And so you get the scene. Jesus walks by the H&R block tax table and he sees Matthew and he says to him, follow me. And that Matthew must be what? You know, almost like Gideon. Remember when Gideon was in the wine press and the angel of the Lord showed up and said, hey, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon is looking around like, who, me? I'm I'm hiding from the Midianites. And he was surprised. And I'm sure that Matthew was surprised when Jesus, because nobody spoke to tax collectors. Are you, are you understanding? Nobody talked to tax collectors. But Jesus talked to tax collectors because he was a friend of sinners. He loved people and he was a friend of people. And so Jesus says, follow me. And the Bible says immediately, Matthew got up and he followed Jesus. Man, tax collectors don't follow you unless you owe them some money. So I'm like, what is up with that? I mean, he, well, because there was something about Jesus. Because he had heard Jesus speak. He had heard Jesus talk. Jesus' fame was noised abroad. Everyone knew about Jesus. And he heard about this man, Jesus. And when Jesus showed up and said, Matthew, follow me, the Bible says he arose. No questions, no arguments. And he followed Jesus. Now, Luke chapter 5, you want to put the stories together in your own time. They're parallel accounts of the same story. Luke chapter 5, verse 28, it tells us that Matthew left all and arose and followed Jesus. And that's important. Why? Because in our text, it just says Matthew being the writer, 
He says, Jesus said, follow me, and he arose and followed him. It was Luke who said of Matthew, he left all to follow him. What does that tell us? That tells us that Matthew is a pretty humble guy. You notice he didn't say, I, Matthew, left all to follow the Lord. And I just want you peasants, you commoners to know that, that I, Matthew, left and followed Jesus. He didn't say that. Luke said it of Matthew. In other words, let somebody else blow your horn. You know, I followed all. Yeah, and left all. Yeah, Matthew left all. Remember, tax collector, wealthy man, lucrative business. Matthew was wealthy, had a lot of money. He was set and secure. I mean, he had a good job. He left all. He had benefits. Amen. Benefits are good. He had benefits. He had a medical plan. He had a retirement plan. He had a dental plan. He probably had a company cart. He left all of that to follow Jesus. What does that tell us? It tells us this. Write this down. Lordship demands obedience. Lordship demands obedience. See, if Jesus is going to be your Lord, listen, just like Dennis said, if Jesus is going to be your Lord, it's not going to be you become a Christian and go back to your life. You see, oftentimes people want to become a Christian and go back to their lives. Jesus, many times people want Jesus to give them an improvement on their life. Jesus does not want to give you an improvement. Jesus does not want to give you a radical makeover. Hello. Jesus does not want to give you a a, a facelift and make improvements and help you look better and help you be better. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus wants to take your life and change your life radically so that you're unrecognizable. And in order for him to do that, you're going to have to make him your Lord. You see, there's a difference with Jesus being your Savior and your Lord. There's a difference with Jesus being your Savior and your Lord. Hear me. There's a difference with Jesus being your Savior and your Lord. Many people, he's their Savior. Very few people, he's their Lord. What's the difference? It means that he is the ruler of your life, that he sits on the throne of your heart, and he says, go, and you say, I'll follow. When Jesus is Lord, is he your Savior? Or is he your Lord and Savior? Ah, there's a difference, don't you see? So lordship demands obedience. When Jesus becomes your Lord, it's going to cost you something. When Jesus becomes your Lord, then you obey him. When Jesus becomes your Lord, then that boyfriend that you've been messing around with that's not a Christian, uh uh-uh, you got to go. Love you, mean it, got to go. When you become a Christian and Jesus is your Lord, then that boyfriend or that relationship that is not of the Lord, you must change it. When Jesus becomes your Lord, then your illegal business practices have got to change. When Jesus becomes your Lord, then you got to stop doing what is wrong and start doing what is right. 
Lordship demands obedience. And so Matthew, he arose, he left it all, and he arose, and he left it all behind. And what did he do? The first thing he did, did you see that? The first thing he did was he threw a party. I like that. Matthew threw a party. Again, Luke chapter 5 tells us that this party takes place in Matthew's home. And the Bible says that there was a great company or a great number of sinners who came and sat down with him. Now, if anybody can throw a party, it would be a tax collector. I mean, these guys knew how to party hardy. And they had plenty of money to do it. So this was a good party. And Matthew invited all his friends to his party because he wanted them to meet Jesus. Isn't that sweet? He wanted them to meet Jesus. So he invited all of his friends. And guess who all of his friends were? They weren't Christians. No, he didn't have any Christians there. All of his friends were prostitutes and homosexuals and traitors and and, and liars and thieves and murderers and adulterers and ungodly bad people. People who were ungodly street people. These were all of Matthew's friends. Remember, nobody liked tax collectors. So he didn't have any religious Christian folks to be his friends. So all of his friends were people who were sinners. They were sinners who did not know God, all of his friends. And that's what I love about our Lord. Jesus is in the house sitting among prostitutes and drug addicts and drunkards and homeless people and traitors and bad people. Jesus is sitting there because Jesus is a friend to sinners. Who can understand that? He is a friend to sinners. And I thank God he's a friend to sinners because I'm looking at a room full of sinners and he is a friend to all of us. Amen, saints. He is a friend to sinners. It's Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It tells us, but God demonstrated, read it with me if you will. God demonstrated his love toward us And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us all. You see, we were sinners just like these people gathered around Jesus. We're all sinners, saved by grace. You know, sometimes we forget that. And when we become Christians, and then we get spiritual, I'm just holy, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Just spiritual. Loving the Lord, we forget. We forget we were once just like these people. Don't forget. And Jesus is a friend to sinners. Now, why did Matthew throw this party? Because he wanted to celebrate, number one, his new life. And I love that. Isn't it true? When you come to Jesus, you want to celebrate your new life. I don't know about you, but when I became a Christian, you guys know my story. I was excited. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to tell people. 
I couldn't wait to, the next day I got saved on a Saturday night, the next day on Sunday morning, I'm headed to church and I'm just weeping. I'm excited because Jesus came into my life and Jesus changed my life. And now I once was blind, but now I see, I tell you, I never saw, I never saw a blue sky until the day I became a Christian. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I can't explain it, but the sky was blue. Anybody? I, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but the grass was green. I never saw green grass. Of course, I'm from Philly and everything is concrete, but that's beside the point. I never saw green grass. And I mean, it was green and the sky was blue and I was excited. And Matthew is excited. He wanted to celebrate his new life. He wanted his friends to experience the new life that he has experienced. Now, I'll tell you something. The best time to win people to Christ is when you first become a Christian. Isn't it true? Because that's when you're most excited. That's when you're really, really excited about the Lord. I love to be around new Christians. You know, it's, it's the truth. New Christians are the ones going out there getting people to come to church. Have you noticed that? New Christians are excited. They're the ones out there telling people to come to church. You know, the old Christians, the old crusty, moldy, old Christians. They don't tell anybody about the Lord. It's like, well, you know, I'm spiritual now and uh you know we just need to calm down and you'll cool off as the years go on as you're christian and we need to be sober and not offensive and you know and we and, and the new old christians they don't, they don't bring anybody to the lord new christians man they go out that door they are telling so many people that i love to be around new christians because they're excited about jesus they're excited about the things of God. They want to see people come to the Lord. They're happy and excited. Old Christians are like the frozen chosen. No, um, you know, just, you know, we just don't clap our hands. New Christians are like, yes, God is so good. I love being around new Christians. New Christians are the ones bringing people to Christ and going out and telling Christians, you got to come and hear this stuff. I haven't, I've never heard anything like this. You've got to hear it. Come to the house of the Lord. And so Matthew, celebrating his new life, he throws a party to introduce there his friends to Jesus with all sinners there. Man, that blows me away. Jesus went to a sinner party and everybody's enjoying it. And Jesus is a friend of sinners. And he's sitting there. I'm confident Jesus is sitting there and sinners are just listening. And sinners like to be around Jesus. You ever see that in the scriptures? They love to be around Jesus because Jesus didn't condemn them. Jesus didn't put them down. Jesus didn't say, hey, if you don't believe in me, you're going to hell. Sinners. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus just sat there. I can imagine if we were there and he was just talking about heaven. He said, hey, man, heaven's a great place. Yeah, Jesus, tell me more. Oh, yeah, man, the Father's there and the throne is there. and It's an awesome place. And, you know, just telling them about the Father, telling them about heaven, talking about the things of God, just teaching them some simple things about the kingdom. Jesus wasn't condemning them and telling them that they were going to hell and they've got to love him. No, he was just talking to them. This is a great part. Sinners love to be around Jesus. Religious people, 
They don't like to be around Jesus. Why? Because it's about relationship, not about religion. And it's the religious people. Did you notice that? The religious people had a hard time with Jesus. When the Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with the tax collectors and the sinners, they asked the disciples, they said, what is he, why is he doing that? And then in verse 12, 12 in your Bibles, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. In other words, the kind of people that Jesus comes to are those who are sin sick and realize they need healing. You see, all of the people at this party in the eyes of our Lord were like patients and he was the doctor. And it makes perfect sense. He is a doctor. And when you're a doctor or you're a physician, you like to be around sick folks. It just makes sense. He likes to, you know, if you're a doctor here this morning, you like to be around sick people. Otherwise, why would you be a doctor? You like it when people are coughing in your face and giving you germs. You love this. I know you do. That's why you're a doctor, I think. And so Dr. Jesus, he loves to be around sick people. And Dr. Jesus properly diagnosed our problem. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.